This episode of Intentional Talk with Lisa Kay and Taylor is sponsored by Superior Abstract and Title in Plano, Texas. At Superior Abstract and Title, they don't claim to know more about deadlines than anyone else. What they do claim is the ability to provide you with the tools and services to meet them without the headache, stress, and hassle that often accompanies them. Shop Superior Abstract and Title. Hello, I'm Lisa Kay. And I'm Taylor. And this is Intentional Intentional Talk. Talk. This is a show that cares and brings positives to the air with live, engaging conversations. Today, we have a very unique experience. We get to talk with a a, a leader in financial planning, and he's someone that we have just recently met. So Lisa Kay and I get to learn along with you about our new guest. Frank Molinar is a certified financial planner and a leading authority in financial readiness training to those with a military mindset. Through his work with the Department of Defense, Arizona's Attorney General, and the Arizona Department of Veterans Services and multiple VSOs, he has personally logged over 4,000 hours counseling service members and veterans from all ranks, stages, and issues, and he has spoken to tens of thousands on the principles of financial readiness. Please welcome our guest, Frank Molinar. Wow. Welcome, Frank. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. You know, we have a huge passion for veterans and involvement with veterans and connecting veterans that it's an honor to have you here today and uh, teach us some things. Yeah. We're looking forward to learning from you, Frank. Yes. Wonderful. Well, Frank, I had a few questions and... I'm from a military background, uncles, uh, many family members, in-laws served in the military, but I can imagine that many of our servicemen and women face unique challenges, especially financially. What are some of those from your perspective? Boy, the challenges they face, it's, it's really interesting because on, on one hand, so many of the service members or young people that go into the military, this is one of their first jobs they've ever had. So it's really taking somebody who's never had a job, helping them figure out how to manage their money effectively. On the flip side, they also get so many things taken care of for them that they tend to get sometimes a little loose with their money and almost more irresponsible because they don't have to worry about their housing or their meals and some of those other things. So it's really helping them understand that there's a lot of opportunity all around them but they've got to capture it. They've got to get intentional about making those things happen, about the possibilities that they have in front of them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And from your personal perspective, Frank, I understand you didn't serve in the military, but your son did. Yeah, I am the, I'm the father, brother, uncle, and son of veterans, but I myself didn't, didn't serve. It, uh, it came around, Back in the global financial crisis, back when everything was falling apart in 08 and 09, and when a lot of deployments were going on, uh, the call came out for certified financial planners to come and help train the military because all those deployments meant they were getting a lot more money, their hostile duty pay and all those things. And there was financial chaos was rampant in in the military. There was all kinds of repossessions going on, uh, 
people getting in their, their security clearances in jeopardy. And so they called for financial planners to come help. And at the same time, my son was going into West Point and I thought, what a perfect time. I'll learn the benefits. I'll be able to guide him. And at the, I had no idea I would be launching into a whole new mission and finding a whole new area that I would love to spend a lot of time in. So I've worked way beyond the time of the contracting. I continue to work now through a lot of pro bono channels and veteran service organizations. And so through your son's experience through the military, this is how you were able to grow your financial knowledge and wisdom in the same in the same area and help them, like you said. Yeah, it was the it was the motivating issue. Besides the 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 global financial crisis, it hit me kind of hard. I was a little bit unprepared for it. Uh, that's an understatement. I was severely unprepared for it. <laughs> yeah. We had just gone through a, a very expensive divorce the year before, and and the fallout of that with the fallout of the economy was a hard hit. So it was a fortunate timing for myself personally, but the motivation was all started out to be helping my son, and then it ended up being something a whole lot bigger than either one of us. Wow. Um, so what are the, some of the elements and regiments to create um, a path of sustainable income and from spending. So what I like to tell service members when I have a chance to sit down with them or when I'm doing a, a brief to a company unit, um, I, I like to start with just letting them understand their potential, their financial potential is much bigger than they've ever dreamed it could be. Just right where they are. Their, their potential is, is greater than they've ever imagined, but they have to get engaged because financial stability isn't on autopilot. It doesn't happen automatically for us. Uh, as much as big government takes care of the service members, it doesn't take care of everything. And so you can really mess things up if you don't engage and get intentional with your finances. And so the problem with that is that a lot of times you hear things that, you know, never make minimum payments on your credit cards and do this and do that. You hear a bunch of these ideas and they're all piecemeal ideas. And besides the fact that they put you to sleep when you hear those things in, in talks, they don't help you as much as they can could otherwise because they're not prioritized. They're not put together. And so one of the things about service members is they understand the idea of mission. They understand the idea of having a battle plan. And so what developed in, in the trenches, what I say is in the trenches of those 4,000 hours of one-on-one -on -one time with these people, what developed out of that was communicating the, the, the tactics in their own language, giving them something that they could relate to, that their training has taught them for, but just drawing the parallels to money. And boy, the reception was fantastic. So I don't talk to people about building a budget. I talk to them about stop the bleeding. And how do you stop the bleeding? If you're downraged and you get hit with a bullet, you're calling out for the medic, what does the medic do? Well, they know that in, in, uh, automatically. They know what the medic does. So stop he does, the bleeding. <laughs> he does triage. He applies pressure. And, you know, if you're conscious, he, he tries to reassure you that you're going to be okay. And then that service member has the chance of recovery. Well, those are the same parallels to building a sustainable spending plan or a budget. I don't like to use that B word, but, but that's the word out there. <laughs> yeah. You stop by doing an assessment of where you're at. You apply the pressure to increase, to, to slow the bleeding out or to increase blood flow in. And then you have a reason for doing this. And that's what I always drive home is 
financial readiness, you have to have a reason for it. It, it has to be your mission. This mission must be personal. There's going to be a lot of missions that your commanders will put you on and you'll be doing different things, but this mission must be personal because it's going to go with you through your period of service and for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So when we engage them on that level, it seems to capture their interest and, and get them a little bit more excited about the possibilities in front of them. Mm, wonderful. This yeah. is so good, Frank. And you're yeah. speaking the language of servicemen and women yes. in this book. And one of the other pieces, in addition to stop the bleeding, is secure the perimeter. Tell me a bit about that and, and what are the elements of securing the perimeter? I love the concept, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Secure the perimeter. <laughs> yeah. Because you ask somebody, you, you ask them, try this yourself. Ask a veteran who served in the Middle East or anywhere else. Ask them simply, in a hostile territory, how important is security? They'll look at you like you might be a little brain dead because it's the most important. Yeah. There, is, there is no mission without security. It is the most important. So what I'm trying to communicate with this element is the understanding that saving money isn't a good idea. Any more than security is a good idea in a hostile territory. It's not a good idea. It's absolutely essential. It is the most important. There is no mission. There is no endeavor. There's no progress forward without securing and establishing a stronghold. And so the idea of securing the perimeter is helping people understand that we live in a hostile territory. The hostilities are all around us. And similar to being in the Middle East, half the people there are happy to have you. Half the people would love to kill you. And they all look the same. And how do you tell them apart? You, you don't. So you keep your, your magazine loaded. You keep your guns at hand. You keep yourself in a position of strength to deal with everything that comes on. It's the same way. Half the businesses we deal with are honest working people. But boy, have you had your identity stolen yet? If you haven't, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, I have. Yes, yeah. I have, unfortunately. Yeah, and it will probably happen more than once, unfortunately. Ouch. So <laughs> helping them understand that there are hostilities around that you can't just take everything for granted. You want to learn how to secure the perimeter, how to build meaningful savings. And it's not just a matter of 500 or $1,000 in the bank a real meaningful savings, a full fence around your home, around the things that are important to you, around the safety of your children, your spouse, everything that matters. And then it's not, it's fun because we, we help them understand the value and the need for savings, but then we teach them how to do it and not just how to do it. But one discovery I made while these one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions is, is how long it takes somebody to do it. This is something I never learned being in practice over 30 years. I'd never seen that. If they get engaged, if they follow a process, if they become more intentional, it takes literally only about 18 months to build a perimeter, which is equal to six times their cost of living. So six times the amount of money they spend every month, eating out, their mortgage, their rent, utility, phone bill, everything added together, six times that amount, which is the minimum standard, I'd say, for a, a secure perimeter. It only takes them about 18 months. And that's really good news for a 21-year-old who has a hard time seeing further down than her nose, you know, down the road in the future. You yeah. can't get them to think about 20 years down the road, but you can get them to think about a year, year and a half. And that's, right. enough, so they're that's baby enough time steps. to change everything. Yeah. So those are like baby steps. 
Well, like, I, yeah, I more I like to call them grown up steps. Yeah, <laughs> just but they a little are. at a time. Yeah, one and a half, one year, one and a half years. Then look at five years. So, so what happens in that year and a half is that you actually change their whole understanding of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of stories that come out periodically. I saw one on BuzzFeed News the other day. What people have learned who are around people with money. And there are all these insights, like you can be good with money, you can be bad with money. I mean, you can be a good person or a bad person. A lot of interesting insights, but the one insight that they nobody ever spoke up was, I can do what they're doing. I can also create and build a life that's meaningful to me. And when they see that they can create this savings, more money than they've ever had before, and they learn how to hold on to it instead of spend it out of immaturity or buy that pickup truck or that motorcycle. When they see that, it's retraining them and setting them on a path that will forever change the future. And that's pretty exciting. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How are you reaching the masses? We're launching a book in January. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about it. So the book comes out January 4th. It's Financial Dominance. Um, there's a parenthesis next to that title that says the military veteran edition, and it's your battle plan for a richer life. The idea for a, a richer life came by when a, when a soldier asked me a passing question. One time I was over here in Phoenix at one of the military bases and he, and he asked, um, can you make me rich, Mr. Millar? I'm like, I, you know, I, I thought, is he being, funny? Is he being facetious? Well, I didn't exactly know what to say, but I heard the answer come out of my mouth as I'm standing there. And I said, I don't know what rich means to you, but I guarantee I can get you there. And so this is a battle plan that'll get somebody there, but they have to define what it means to them. Because like we said, the mission has to be personal. Oh, that's so true. Because it mean does mean something different to each one of us. It does. Never, never thought that before. You're absolutely right. And, and especially, and it, it changes especially for the servicemen and women, mm -hmm. just to, to help them and yeah. to provide this for them early on in their military career. Because I have known individuals who've come out of service and have thought that, okay, because I've got some money coming in every month that I'll just spend, I might not need to work. And then things change and they're down at the VA and they're, they're downtrodden and they're basically homeless. And I wonder how in the world did they go from honorable service mm -hmm. to in the VA and almost homeless? Yeah. I, unfortunately, it happens so many times. I, I counsel veterans who are homeless here and are ab about to receive assistance from the state military relief fund. And so many of them have said three years ago, I was earning over a hundred thousand dollars. I was doing a contract as a, a security contractor in the Middle East. I was making a ton of money, but it doesn't matter how much you make. It matters what you do with what you make. That's so true. Yeah, that is so true. Frank, I've read a quote from you and it says, money isn't everything, but it touches everything. Mastering it is essential to building richer lives, stronger families, and happier veterans. Did that come through hard knocks? Where did, where did that quote come and I from? Love the quote. <laughs> it came from hard life experience. I'd love to say I have known how to deal with money my whole life, but I have not. I've learned everything the hardest way possible. And most of the big mistakes I've had to learn two or three times. But 
Um, yes, that, that quote is why I do what I do. It's not about making everybody rich. It's not about the, uh, promoting a, a sense of greed. It's about understanding that, that money touches everything that matters in life. And for the value and the sake of all those important things that we hold most dear, we've got to get good with our finances. We can't neglect them. And no, really? Yes. So how do you plan an exit? So planning the exit. So you jump to the last of the battle plan. Let me just for the listeners run that okay. through. It's stop the bleeding, secure the perimeter, engage the enemy, build future ops, and plan the exit. Okay. So stopping the bleeding is understanding how to manage your monies, your cash flow, your spending plan, what have you. Um, securing the perimeter is the idea of building a meaningful amount of savings. Engaging the enemy is clearing the path of toxic debt and letting that stuff get all out of the way. Building your future ops is learning how to invest successfully, consistently through all markets. And then planning the exit. This is something you don't hear about in a lot of uh, a, a lot of financial readiness talk, but it really comes down to our lives being bigger than ourselves. All the struggles that individuals had with their finances, their children are likely going to have the same or worse. And so it's always, it's bigger than us. It's about helping the next generation be prepared for the battles in front of them. So planning the exit may be discussion of how you set up your beneficiaries, if you need a trust, if you have wills, how you have guardians, all those kind of factors. But understanding that it's not just who gets what after I'm gone. It's how do I prepare those that I love for the battles in front of them? Because that's what we all do. You, you had a, I was listening to one of your former um, podcast interviews and you had somebody on there who was talking about they're at the stage where they're thinking about the legacy of Getting, keeping their company, their building company going after they're gone. And that's really what it matters. You know, it, it's, our lives are bigger than, than ourselves and we can reach a lot of people, but we can reach into the future too and help those generations by proper planning. That is so true. And that's actually from John Houston, mm -hmm. um, John Houston Custom Homes. And he mm -hmm. talked about leaving that legacy. But that yeah. is so true, Frank. We mm -hmm. we think about, okay, I've got my estate and trust and will in order, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that my beneficiaries are going to know how to, to manage that once they get it. Mm -hmm. And actually it could be, they could be irresponsible because they think, okay, well, I've inherited this and then blow the money or get themselves in debt or get tied up in legal issues. And so a lot of people don't really think about learning how to manage it. I was, Gosh. I was speaking to a, um, a national conference uh, six weeks ago, the survivor outreach support coordinators. They're the people that help families when a soldier or service member dies and help them navigate the benefits and, and the structure they come from. And I was talking to them about this and I said, you know, you have to not just teach your children about money, which you do automatically. They see what you'd spend money on and they're learning from you, right? We teach them all the time, but we also have to train them. We have to give them the opportunities to step up and make mistakes for themselves and understand how actually it works in their own hands. Teaching is, is speaking from the pulpit or it's from, from experience. They're, they're visually seeing you, but mm -hmm. training them is getting them involved in it. And uh, she was so excited. This one member came up because she's a grandmother. She goes, you know, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of things I can do, but my grandkids came and asked me for money to get this. I think it was an Xbox player. And she said, well, I don't have the extra money, but I have some jobs you could do around the house. 
And if you work for me, I'll pay you and you can save your money and buy your goal. And she was very excited. She wrote it up as a contract. And, you know, those (laughs) steps, those are very similar steps to what uh, John D. Rockefeller used to teach his son about how to manage money. He had him sign a contract and he had him follow a couple of those steps that are outlined in the book also. But she was very excited because she realized even not having a whole lot herself, she was still able to empower and strengthen the next generation. And she couldn't have been happier about it. Exactly. And I've learned through raising my daughter, uh, Frank, that the schools are not teaching what you're teaching. I think your book would be awesome to hit the public schools. I mean, I'm not... My daughter was uh, a honor roll student and they were not teaching anything that was survival debts, APRs, how mortgages work, credit cards work, debt works. None of that. I was amazed. Your book can touch so many lives, your knowledge, wisdom on all of this. I, I see the value for our veterans. Yes. But our public schools as well. So need this information, this training. Couldn't agree with you more. My my daughter is a teacher at a high school here in uh, in Glendale, next to Phoenix, and I go and speak to her class. Except for COVID, I've gone every year for the uh, um, for that one year, and it's it is they they don't get anything like that, mm-hmm. and they're hungry for it. Mm-hmm. That's a survival. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a survival skill in this century. It is definitely good money management is a survival skill. Yes. Yes. Well, I think I can guess it, but Frank, what would you like your legacy to be? Wow. What would I like my legacy to be? Well, as I understand it, I, the big purpose of life is to love and to be loved. I would like to express that to my family. I'd like them to know that, to feel that. And I'd like every, you know, can I dream big? Absolutely. I'd like every service member to know that they have a greater potential and know that by having one of these books in their hands and the training that they need to be more than they ever thought they could possibly be. I love that. Mm -hmm. Love builds bridges. Absolutely. And last for me is that your legacy is the lives that you touch. And I think your book's going to do marvelous and touching lives. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And I hope that I can, we can see that in your, at, uh, in your lunches. We, we can um, get some books out to your own people as you do your veteran power lunches. Uh, yes. Any other way that I can support the folks that you support, I'm available. Uh, please give out my email address, whatever you'd like. I'd love to be there. Great. Well, let's give out your email address now. And, <laughs> and also, website? Frank, tell us how our listeners can find you. Yes. So uh, frank at financialdominancebook.com uh, is my email address. And of course, the website, if you want to learn more about the book or sign up for some tips and uh, uh, sneak peeks before the actual launch, which is January 4th, is financialdominancebook.com. Great. Great. We are 
excited to be receiving copies of the book. Otherwise, yes. we would have had it here on the air, but coming yes. soon. And this is going to be such a blessing to yeah. not only servicemen and women, but yes. as you say, Lisa Kay, to so many others who mm-hmm. would benefit from having a battle plan yes. when it comes to our finances and, mm-hmm. and managing our assets. Oh, yes. I think corporations can use this too and have training courses for their employees on better financial Stability. Boy, Lisa Kay, you're you're reading my mind. You're reading my emails. We're we're working on all those fronts. Um, okay. So right now, this is the military veteran edition. But I would love to roll out a, a financial dominance edition for high schoolers, for college kids, and for the corporate sector. Yeah. We could even we could even customize it to each company's culture, which would be something to be a lot of fun. There you go. All right. Well, Frank, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been insightful to us and we're always anxious to learn more, right, Lisa Kay? Every time we learn something on Intentional Talk. And so we really appreciate you and look forward to staying in contact with you Mm -hmm. moving forward. Thank you both, uh, Taylor, Lisa Kay. It was a pleasure to visit with you and look forward to staying in touch. You as well, Frank. Thank you. Well, you can catch Intentional Talk with Lisa Kay and Taylor anywhere you get your podcast. Also on the Awakened Podcast Network. We're also on Life Network for Women as a television program. I have a channel on Pray.com and you can find us there. And also be sure to check us out at fellowshippowerlunch.com, right, Lisa yes, Kay? Yes, We have phenomenal lunches. Lisa Kay has lined up an incredible roster of speakers every single month. Yes, we're very blessed. So you need to join us. Find us on fellowshippowerlunch.com. Yes, and find us online. Yes. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your interest in the show and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. From TV with TLC.